Welcome to Your Cloud Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Alec Harrison, and this is the first episode of 2024. This episode will kind of cover where we've been the past four months between our break, and hopefully talk about how we're getting on more of a recurring schedule. With that, sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this episode. See you at the end. started uh welcome everybody to january 19th uh streamyard podcast number one uh hopefully we're getting back onto a weekly cadence here uh welcome back brian and uh you know i think we were supposed to start this earlier but i think i got sick one day and then you were uh traveling so and i think <laughs> we rebooted the podcast you said on episode two so uh what have you been up to in the past Gosh, I think it's been three or four months at this point. Life is crazy. I got four young kids. We had holidays. We had um, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. I was doing some client work that was pretty intense. And yeah, just uh, getting ready for Christmas. And then Christmas rolled around. And then uh, next thing I know, I'm looking at uh, here it is mid-January already. So now I'm back on a MSSA cohort training again full-time. So fun stuff nice and that's the training you do for the veterans right correct nice yep so i just had another podcast that i was on this morning it's a video podcast um, with david giard um for uh fest it's a uh, text technology and friends is his name of his thing so we just talked about the mssa program there so hopefully that'll be up next monday or the monday after and we can link to that and all that jazz too so yeah for sure popular guy today (laughs) well fridays are my day right because uh the the veterans are all doing professional development today so this is my day to do some catch-up work and recording and stuff gotcha so this is your kind of like mvp content day (laughs) right (laughs) uh i actually was working on uh sessionized abstracts this morning and submitting to a couple conferences here because kcdc's coming up Mm -hmm. um but well sorry let me rephrase that correctly KCDC deadline is coming up. So for those of you who are listening and don't know, you need to go to the Kansas City Developers Conference. If you're anywhere uh, within 500 miles of it and you can get there, I would highly recommend it. It's worth every every minute. It's so much fun. Uh, yeah, so anyway, their deadline for submission is next week, I think. I think we're done in like seven days now. So if you're hearing this after like the 27th or 28th of January, sorry if you're a speaker, you're not going to be able to submit anymore. <laughs> I'm hoping to publish this by a little bit look behind the curtain, hopefully by Monday, because I think that'll be, I don't really want to post on a weekend because I don't think people sure. will be listening to podcasts then, but Monday morning. So hopefully you still got a heads up. You still have a couple days, assuming you listen to it right away. Um, and that would be Monday the, I guess it doesn't really help if I just say Monday, the 22nd. Yeah. So yeah. I think the call to speakers is ending. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. Go for it. Uh, you submitted a workshop to KCDC last year, right? Uh, are you doing the same thing this year? Or are you doing more individual talks? 
So last year for KCDC, I submitted a bunch of things. I did not get my workshop selected there. I got, uh, I think it was a Git talk that I did there last year. Um, and then I did a workshop for DevUp, which is all in St. Louis. Uh, that was in August. They have that again this year coming up as well. Um, so the typical conferences that I always submit to don't always get selected, of course. Uh, Code Mesh, which we just had last week in Sandusky, Ohio. And it's a super awesome conference. Also one that you should not miss if you're within 500 miles of it. There's no excuse. It's it's such a great conference. And honestly, like that conference, out of all the conferences that I go to, has the most like extracurricular stuff. They have game rooms and they have like Artemis laser tag stuff. And like they do kids mash. So like if you have a family, um, the idea of like bringing your kids and and you know spouse along to tech conference might not be your favorite idea but honestly like i was advocating for 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 my family to come we didn't get it didn't work out this time but because i i honestly feel like the kids could go to kids mash and get more from that than they'll get out of a week of school mm -hmm. um so again that'll be next january they just released their updated data looks like it's gonna be like january 14th next year so put it on your radar especially if you're in like the central ohio or um you know illinois indiana ohio pennsylvania region that's an easy drive for you um as long as the weather holds out there's always a massive snowstorm which varied <laughs> alec without a snowblower yeah i was telling brian before we started my snowblower we got crazy i think the real temp was like negative 20 and we were probably looking at negative 40 or 50 winds and it my lovely snowblower, uh, the first day we got snow worked fine without a hitch. The second day, I think the fuel lines froze because it was um, until it was about 20 here yesterday, it finally rolled over. I was starting to play small engine mechanic, like drained all the fuel lines. I was going to try to mess with the spark plug. And if you know me, I'm not. There's a reason I work with computers and I don't do automotive. <laughs> so uh I was like getting people to tell me how to check the spark plugs and I was like, oh man. What's I'm a spark plug? Yeah, I was like, I'm going to learn. They're like, oh, you just pull that. It's super easy. I'm like, no, no, you don't get it. Like I need to first Google where this thing even is, how to identify it, and then like can, how to do it. <laughs> can ChatGPT help with that? Probably. I, I honestly was looking through, uh, there's a very robust owner's manual. I have an Aaron snowblower and I was... I should have fed it through a model because I actually just did a workshop on um, a universal translator for a printer. So Sweet. my joke was uh, I have family members whose second language are English. And I made the joke of like, I could just send them this chat bot and they'd be able to answer any question only having the English manual. Um, and I actually parameterized it. I have a blog post I'm going to post here pretty soon. So that um, Azure speech services are actually or it's Azure Cognitive Services, I think is what it's called, like the general cognitive service. There's a service for that where you can feed it in a language and tell it what you want it to end up in, and it'll tell you what language it came in as and then what the, in this case, English was. So I built a really ugly logic app that would take in whatever language you asked it a question in, translate it to English, tell you what language it came from, and then feed it to chat or Azure OpenAI with an index so you can use rag and that's how i connected it to the uh manual come back in english translate back to your originating language and then return it back in arrest so i gave a quick 15 minute talk about that at the uh, omaha azure user group here just the other day 
and had a bunch of questions on it. So I was going to try to release that as a blog post to walk people through it and um, nice. show how bad my skills at Logic App are because I have, I think, 15 or 20 for each loops in it just because it's <laughs> trying to cycle through the data. It just gets really gross really fast. But You did that somebody, with a Logic App? Yeah. Oh, my. Well, and then I had somebody at the very end raise their hand and be like, couldn't you just do this with a, a bunch of questions to your open AI? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I could have. <laughs> <laughs> could have just been like, tell now me. Now you tell me. Go ahead. I said, now you tell me. Right? Yeah. I was like, I could have done that. And it would have been so much easier data wise. Cause I could have just been like, here's my question. I want you to translate it to English. Tell me where it came from, answer it with rag. And then like spit it back out in the language it came in as, and that would have been probably one API call. And it would have all just dumped at the end. And I would have had a couple for each loops just because of the way the data structures work, but I wouldn't have like 15 or 20 with like four different state carrying variables. And <laughs> it's gross, man. It was fun though. Uh, it, it was a, I think it was the first real world thing I kind of saw. Uh, we had a client we were working with that they had manuals for their, their things they made and uh, not to give too much away. And they supported, I think like 20 or 25 different languages. And their process was they'd hire people who spoke those languages, um, essentially write the English manual and then pay somebody to translate it. And I was showing them off like chat GPT or Azure OpenAI um, with RAG and like, hey, look, assuming it's written well, um, you could probably index this and then just have it be the translator for you of bring my question in, spit it back out, construct kind of a document flow, uh, and you could go that way. And that way you're writing the document once. And then you can support more than just the 20, 25 languages you support. You can support the... I want to say it's over 100 Azure supports. Oh my so you even have some regional dialects mixed in there too. And so you could really help your customers and you're not forcing people into, you know, however many languages you want to pay somebody to translate. Sure. You can support them all. Um, How do you feel about like the accuracy of those regional dialects? Do you think that like, <laughs> there's is there any risk of like cultural offense or anything like that with all that? <sighs> That's a good question. I don't, I don't know. Um, I think it could be a good line of defense as far as like supporting more people. Cause like sure. if you're only, and maybe th like they covered most of the world with the languages they had, but um, if I'm thinking more like if you're a smaller company, maybe you only have help docs in English and this way you could potentially support more languages and the model does have um what's it called it has those uh profanity filters they're like called safety metrics or something like that so you could potentially save it from telling you if it's you know profane or whatnot in a regional dialect or and try to get sure. the model to catch that before it kicks it back out okay um, so there is some safety that could be there, but it, it's more like accessibility in my mind of helping customers that maybe you don't have the money or time or resources to potentially help. Absolutely. Instead of like, like, but let's be honest, English is not an easy language for people to learn. What? <laughs> Especially as a second one. Uh, so if That's you can weird. support them in Why their main language. Except after C. <laughs> oh, Sorry. and don't get me started on like lasagna and... All those other fun words, but uh, 
so that that was kind of my thought process behind it is building it to make it a little more accessible if you have um, maybe you kind of know English, maybe you don't know it at all. We can translate it, get it over there. Um, with the printer too, a lot of the stuff you want to do is fairly basic and fairly procedural. Like how do I change the language on my printer? How do I connect it to Wi-Fi? There's typically sure. like a one through 10 step. So I wasn't overly concerned it would be offensive. It was more, uh, we can deliver you the language in that particular toy example um, and get you there. But yeah, that's nice. That was fun. Um, I also ran a workshop while we were gone on prompt engineering, and we had Scott Hanselman actually uh, do a closer for it, which was nice. cool. Did that you do that live? We did. We did. Um, so the prompt engineering workshop was actually we helped. It was the first hybrid setup we did. Um, there were some growing pains there, but we had a. Uh, a live location in Omaha, the Microsoft office. Well, we had Blue Cross Blue Shield of Nebraska hosted us in Omaha. Uh, Microsoft hosted us in Des Moines. And then we were virtual as well. So we had people from all over the place. We served the people who came in person food. We had a lot bigger online turnout than I was expecting, which okay. is good. Um, and then we uh, had a like dinner break and then Scott Hanselman hopped on and gave us a talk about how he moved his stuff to the cloud and gave an entire presentation for using zoom it. Have you heard of that before? Yeah. No idea what that was, but he like had no PowerPoint, no slides, just literally was like <laughs> jumping through his blog of old blog posts he made and using a tool called zoom it that ships for free on windows. There isn't one on Mac and like was able to draw on his screen, zoom in, draw diagrams on the fly. It was, it was pretty crazy just how good of a speaker he is. Yeah. I think um, Rasenovich wrote Zooming. He or might Rusinovich. have. I think he's, he's the one who wrote it. So him, anyway. Him and Hanselman, I guess, at, I think it was Igniter Build. I don't remember which one. Scott said they had a keynote where they edited it live on stage because it's really just a, I think he said it was like a 100 or 200 line C++ file, or maybe it was a C file. Jeez. So they edit it live on stage and <laughs> I don't, I'd have to fact check which conference it was, but yeah, him and Rasinovich uh, were up there editing it. All the fun oh, that comes awesome. with a live demo, but also live source code like that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think we're going to do a part two. We had a lot of people ask for like semantic kernel. Okay. So, when would when did you think you might do that? Probably mid to late summer, if I had to put a date on it, just because I'm kind of hoping, and this is tentative, so if anybody in the Kansas City area is listening to this, uh, we had a few people down there ask me if they were going to have a home, because I, I run the Kansas City user group too, and I didn't real, really feel comfortable committing in January to going down there, which was good, because that big snowstorm we were talking about hit like a day or two before this event. So if anybody's listening and would be willing to house me and potentially however many people from Kansas City want to show up, uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. And I'm hoping that maybe we could go down there. I could, uh, Semantic Kernel supports Python, Java, and .NET. So I'm hoping between those three, we could maybe have one of the other user groups in town here uh, co-host it so we would have 
the trifecta. I, I was the, in the email I called Des Moines, Kansas City, and Omaha the Tri-City area. I don't know if anybody's ever done that. <laughs> they do form a very loose triangle. Uh, so that way we can have our whole region. So add Minneapolis and Chicago and let's make it into a diamond. There you go. Right. Does Lincoln get included in that? Lincoln's close enough to Omaha. I feel like you could commute if you wanted to. Okay. There's people I know of who commute from Lincoln to jobs in Omaha and vice versa. So I don't know. We could have a separate place. And and that's kind of the that's kind of the vibe or the end goal of this, right? Is we want to help people and be able to empower them of like we're putting this on. If you in your location want to, we can hopefully support you by buying food or pizza. And then just tell us that you found a place and how many people you have and we'll run it. You'll join our team's call. Um, the first one we had was a kickoff and then it was kind of self-paced. So we did a kickoff meeting of prompt engineering and then everybody had like the workshop they were working through and could raise their hands, ask questions or just kind of hang out. So that's kind of the vibe I'd like to go to or go with for the semantic kernel one as well. So nice. That's what we're hoping for. Um, I bring that up too, because I think I'm kind of thinking that I might submit that as like a half day workshop for KCDC. Okay. Uh, doing a prompt engineering one and then adding on semantic kernel. Just, or it, uh, the .NET user group in Des Moines also said they had some openings. If I just did a straight up semantic kernel talk too, uh, it would force me if nothing else to learn it so I could start creating the workshop. Nice. You know, um, circling back to the conferences, there's, uh, so Ken runs the, the Amagala conferences and there's one in Lincoln, Nebraska code. Yeah. 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 As well. You should submit to that one too. Um, I should. That one is coming up as well, or at least the, the call to speaker is a little longer than KCDC, but I think it's fairly. Is that open already? I didn't even know. Oh, I thought I saw it was open. I think um, you're right, actually. So now that I, uh, let me see. Awesome speakers. That's for 2023. I think it's on Sessionize, isn't it? No, he does it on his own site. So just look up. Uh, I just usually look up Nebraska code. So nebraskacode.amagala.com. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, July 17th, 2024. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't see the call for speakers here. Uh, maybe he's just at the root of Amagala, www.amagala.com. Um, open CFPs are currently zero on the main site. So I don't think Nebraska Code's open yet. My if bad. it is, then no, it's okay. Um, if it is, they're just not, not showing it on their website yet, which, you know, that could happen. Who knows? So, yeah. Yeah, that was one I, I unfortunately, <laughs> I unfortunately or fortunately uh, got married, and I think I was on my honeymoon or getting married during it last year. So, mm. uh, that, you know, a small life event kind of got in the way. Yeah, just a <laughs> tiny, tiny little thing. Yeah. Probably probably could have explained why you weren't at your wedding to your wife. I'm sure she would have not minded. Yeah, her and our guests would have probably been all right. Just like, you know, something came up. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I'm hoping to make it to that one, either attend or talk. So that would be cool. Yeah. Um, I, I second KCDC too. Last year was my first year talking and it was, it was a blast. There was a lot of people there, met a lot of great people. Everybody was just very nice too, which was maybe weird isn't the right word, but like as somebody speaking for the first time, I felt like I met a lot of people and they were all real nice and like, Oh yeah, come hang out with us. And yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. And it's a lot of good barbecue food, a lot of fun kind of looking over. We got to look over the concert that was, uh, I don't know what his name is, Tyler Hubbard or something like that. He used to sing with Georgia Florida line. Yeah, that was, I don't know. That was weird. Being on top of on top of an actual concert and like just like being on the balcony and kind of like a secret spot, watching fans try to fight to get where we were at. <laughs> yeah, there was like people turning, getting turned away. Like, oh no, this is a private event, and we were just yeah. like on the balcony above the concert. Like, like I think you would think of. Uh, so it wasn't like nosebleeds. It was like the concert was set up on the ground, and we were literally like perched up, like right above and behind it. Yeah, like we could have thrown stuff and like been really obnoxious <laughs> to the people trying to play instruments right below us. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I've never yeah. been that close at a concert. Yeah, and like perfect view. Now you're looking at their the the, the back end instead of the front end of the singer, but you can see all the all the junk that you don't see, like people sneaking on with like uh, an extra uh, ear pack because one of the guys' ear packs failed. Mm-hmm. So like he came out and he was singing it was the it was the, the the opener. He came out and he was singing it was it was the most horrible awful off pitch thing you've ever heard in your life like how is this guy actually famous? Like how how is this happening only to see like halfway through the song the crew sneak on and put an ear pack that had been replaced and then all of a sudden he's back on pitch like oh that makes sense cuz it was outdoor. There's no yeah. way he could hear anything. So he mm-hmm. was just trying to sing as best he could. He felt like oh poor guy. But anyway, he he survived it, and I'm sure he's making way more money than me at this point, so he'll he'll live. <laughs> I mean, it, it's the same with anything, right? Nobody's on 100% of the time, especially if there's stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was at Power and Lights, so if you're familiar with that location, we had one of the, like, second-story bar places reserved, and there was games inside, there was a concert outside. It was It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was. Uh, and it was all within walking distance of most of the hotels too. So like everybody just kind of walked there. There was a few people who bird scootered, which RIP yeah, that, that company. <laughs> yeah, so that's funny because uh, one of my buddies from Des Moines, I'm not going to mention his name. Um, I almost like did a cough thing, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> he came to me like, at, it was like later in the night. He's like, hey, I'm jonesing for some Diet Mountain Dew. I haven't had any Diet Mountain Dew all week. We're going to get on bird scooters and we're going to go down and get some from this this a gas station I found that's like five blocks away. So we do that only to find out that like we're in like the worst part of town. And then like there's <laughs> cops posted outside of the, the gas station. We're like, we were just in this really nice area. And next thing we know, we're in this like shady, like not necessarily so safe area. And, and you know, um, anyway, we survived. Everybody was fine. Did see a fight that night. Um, it was two girls fighting over something. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, cops didn't get there in time to find them, but it was just weird. But yeah, that's the kind of fun we had, man. Maybe yeah. edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it, I mean, eventful was definitely the best word. I mean, I felt like 
I was, we were there for two or three days and I felt like there was just something to do all the time, which isn't necessarily the case in a lot of conferences. Um, some of them have like yeah. downtime or like, oh, the conference wrapped up for the day. Uh, I'm not going to call out any other. Sure. Like some of them were like, you know, I scheduled stuff from, let's say till five and then like the conference is over until uh, the next day and it's up to you like hopefully you have friends there acquaintances or you just kind of go home or go to your hotel and chill right uh, and might run into people uh, that you know in the lobby or whatever but I felt like KCDC did a really good job of like just keep tying stuff together um, then there was also I don't did you go to PubConf afterwards I did not I had to get back um, that was like Friday night yeah, I had something really early Saturday morning, so I did not go to PubConf. Yeah, that was that was fun too. I just felt like there was always events. It was a comedy show that was at a different bar, Power and Lights, and they had like just food for everybody. I think it was like a twenty dollar uh, ticket to get in if you were part okay. of KCDC or something like that. But it was like free food, free drinks. So like twenty dollars, you got all you could eat, like food. Um, you could just chill and hang out there, and uh, nice. yeah, it was fun. There, a lot of people went, and then yeah, Saturday I think everybody went home. Some people went back I think Friday night because I think the conference technically wrapped Friday. Yeah, it did. Uh, PubComp is after. Yeah, separate ticket, everything. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it's loosely related. KCDC sponsors it. I think is technically how that works. Okay. I, did, I don't have any info on that, so. Yeah. Um, it it was good. I was kind of worried when I first signed up for it, but it was a lot of fun, and I'll probably be doing it this year, too, assuming I go down there. Right. Uh, that Well, that's one of those conferences I was talking with another friend, and, you know, they're like, well, I'm going whether I get selected or not, you know, because it's that, it's that good of a conference. And if you're any kind of developer, .NET Java, JavaScript, there's something there for you, right? They even had a whole tractor around just being a better person. It was like uh, people management kind of things. Yeah. Uh, how to battle burnout, like th those kind of sessions too. So like there's literally something for everybody. Say whether even if you're like a BA or like not even super technical, uh, there was definitely tracks for you there as well. Nice. That was, that was the most tracks I think I've ever seen at a conference too. Like there was uh, Code Mesh, I think has more. Do they? Code, Code Mesh is insane. Okay. There's so many things going on. You can't possibly run out of things to do. <laughs> like, and there's never a time when you're like, and KCDC is pretty much this way too. But there's never a time when you're like, there's a there's no sessions I want to see in this in this slot. Yeah. Because there's so many options. Yeah. So. I think that's always a good sign of a conference is if there's more sessions you want to see than time it just in my mind that means they did a good job selecting and yeah they have some good speakers good speakers good topics relevant topics things you actually like are important to you important enough that you're like oh man they scheduled the three things i wanted to see on top of each other what am i going to do right but yeah, then you um, try to find the speaker and be like did you record that talk or is it something I can right find? are you doing that at another conference soon that i can go to and see it because i missed it today or, yeah. or, hey, you want to come on our podcast and talk? <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy the relevance piece that you touched on there is because, like, they're scheduling you, the call for speakers ends next week. And right. 
the conference is until July, June. June for KCDC. But I mean, June. like, Codemash is the same way. Like, they, they come out in, like, October or November, mm-hmm. like, or maybe even September. I don't know. When, but it's like, yeah, it's still a few months ahead of, it has to be even earlier than that, right? Because they, I think the selection ended at the end of September, if I remember. I don't know. I'm making num- numbers. I should just shut up. But it feels like, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like you got to find these topics, and then they still have to be relevant six months later when the actual conference happens, right? Right. Four months did, or whatever. It's, which is a lot of fun if you do. I did one on AI last year. Uh, it's a lot of fun because the world of AI right now is changing at a breakneck pace. Mm. Who knows what it'll look like in six months. Uh, right. Even Azure alone, they used to have a standalone translator. Uh, Azure Translator got lumped into Azure Cognitive Services now. Okay. So, like, even Azure alone is drastically changing. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, if you're a good speaker, right, and you get selected to to talk on, say, Translator, and you're going to talk about that service or, like, you know, just XYZ service, whatever it is, and it does go away or gets modified, you still have your talk and you just start it with me. Hey, when I wrote this talk five months ago, it was like really relevant about this thing. But hey, let me tell you, thanks for coming to my talk because I'm actually going to help you figure out what's changed. And yeah. you know, here's the here's where it is now. It's in cognitive services or, you know, hey, they, they actually discontinued this service. But here's some, you know, here's an alternative that they opened up now that does the opposite or the same thing. Sorry, not the opposite thing. That would, that would be very helpful. I'd be like, I'm here to learn about databases. Yeah, well, databases don't exist anymore. So we're going to talk about JavaScript. What? <laughs> Smoking mirrors. Right. Yeah. You just bait and switch me. Bait and switch me. No, yeah. but that brings up another point. Like, I try to talk, like, when I start a talk at a conference, I try to say something like this. Sometimes I forget. But, like, Hey, conferences are supposed to be for you, right? So even if it is a thing that has changed or something, be like, hey, listen, this has changed. This is it, whatever. This conference is for you. If you're, you know, listening, you're three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes into this, to this talk and you realize it's not for you, feel free to just get up and go to a different talk because I'd rather you get something out of the day than sit through a talk just because you feel obligated, right? Um, and then you freak out when somebody gets up and you're like, why is he leaving? He doesn't <laughs> like me. I'm the worst speaker ever. I feel like it's almost better than like getting up and leaving is better than I'm sitting here uh, tapping on my phone because you can't see me like face glued to your phone on a laptop or just like a hundred percent like completely checked out right. of like I could be literally anywhere else. I'd almost to your point, I'd rather have a room of like 10 people who feel like they can be engaged and like ask questions yes. and do that than 50 or 60 where 90% of the people don't want to be there. And the people that are there then feel discouraged to ask a question or discouraged to engage. Right. Because this is like, uh, well, they obviously think this is stupid, so I should think this is stupid too, right? Right. Yeah. It, and I think that's, it's a lot of fun when you have people engaged. I think KCDC was my first, uh, maybe not, DevOps Des Moines was my first real conference I talked at where there was like a sizable crowd versus like just talking at a user group. And it's a little bit of a different feeling if you've never spoke at a conference before, uh, just because like people have had to pick to go to your session, right? Like there's almost every conference has more than one track. So people chose to come see what you have to say. So they tend to be a little bit more engaged than maybe um, user groups because user groups like, well, 
Um, I know from experience that I've done this times and I have some friends who do it like, well, I'll go to the user group just because I want to support the user group, even though I don't necessarily care about this particular topic. Sure. And you sometimes get some of those people, but in a conference, it's like people paid to be here for one and two, they had other options. So they tend to be a little bit more engaged, a little bit more paying attention. Um, and you tend to have a lot more questions. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Cool. I think we're pretty good on time. If you want to think any call to action of our listeners, Brian. So, yeah, one thing that I always, well, I, again, I most of the time try to do something like this. Uh, last year I put it on a slide. I don't think I'll do that again this year as I go through, but, uh, the movie Remo Williams adventure begins. I don't know. This is a really old movie. It's going to date me. It had like Fred Ward and, um, uh, what's her name? Kate Mulgrew, who played Janeway. She was some uh, like general in the army. And anyway, long story short, they had this this guy and his name was Chun. And he would ask you say, at the end, he says, Chun, you're incredible. And Chun says, no, I'm better than that. So I use that to say, hey, if you think you can do a great job as a talk, you're likely right. Or if you specifically say, hey, I'm better than that. When you're watching a talk, then you should be talking, right? Um, or I know something more that, or I have something, anything of value. You don't have to think you're better than someone. Maybe that comes across a little wrong the way I'm saying it now, but like, if you have anything of value, submit to conferences and become a speaker. Don't just be a consumer, be a producer. Um, you might find you like it and it, it definitely will, <laughs> it will cause you to become 10 times better at what you do because you will find, uh, you will get questions you never thought of. You will get, um, problems that happened the day before the demo that you have to solve that should have never happened um so it just it challenges you to become a better person too which is awesome so there's a call to action become yeah. a speaker i think user groups are a great place to get started too if you don't necessarily want to start at a conference a lot of them are typically starving for talks or for different speakers um like i know ours i'm making an active effort to try to find speakers who haven't spoke before um, and it's hard. So like we just did lightning talks at the Omaha Azure user group. And it was, I think, difficult to find people, even though it was only 15 minutes, like just go up there and do it. You're surprised how many people, uh, especially if it's something you use every day, how much more of an expert you are than the general population. Right. It's something Microsoft put out some sort of statistic once of like the percentage of people in the world who can program. And it's such a small subset. And if it's something you do every day, you're going to be better than probably 80 or 90% of people you're going to be talking in front of. And if you're not, maybe you'll learn something. But putting together a talk, you'll probably end up learning stuff as well. So it's I, I would agree. Get out there. Start talking. Uh, it's, it's scary the first time. I'm not going to lie. But after that, it kind of just becomes second nature. Uh, sure. And you build connections and friends too, right? So the next time you run into an oh, issue... Man. You can find 10 people that are doing oh, dude. development. <laughs> I got it. Or like I got into a horrible bind. Like there was something with Kubernetes I couldn't figure out. And I'm like, well, who do I know? Of course, Rob Richardson. He's a speaker on the circuit. He knows just about everything about Kubernetes and containers. And so I like reached out to him like, Rob, can you help me? And he's like, yeah, no problem. So that that connection you make and just the camaraderie, like you see people like I saw people at Codemash this year that I hadn't seen in two years, you know, but you're just like, hey, we're old friends and we hang out and we talk about tech stuff and schedule three different podcasts and all that other stuff, right? To do. So <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. 
But I think with that, hopefully we continue on this cadence of weekly recording. We'll have some supplementals, so even if we do miss a recording, we should have some content for everybody. Um, with that, say have a good weekend, Brian, and uh, we'll talk next week. Sounds awesome. Cool. See you, everybody. Thanks. Bye. And with that, the first podcast of 2024 is in the books. Uh, Thanks again, Brian, for always being up for a recording. Uh, Like we said throughout, hopefully this will be a more regular occurrence and we'll get into the groove of that. Uh, And always thank you for joining us today on Azure Cloud Talk. We hope the conversation not only provided you with insightful perspective, but also illuminated the vast potentials of what you can do with your career. I guess we didn't dig in super to Azure this time, but I'm sure with guests we kind of have planned and just in our day-to-day what we're doing we'll get back to it uh don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with those who you think could benefit from it uh we'll be back next week with another exciting exploration of something of what we're doing uh we'll see how deep it is in azure and in the meantime if you have any questions comments feedback topics would like to join as a guest speaker uh feel free to reach out to us either through linkedin either of us directly, emails, however you want to get a hold of us. And as always, just remember to stay curious, keep learning, and until next time, this is Alec in Azure Cloud Talk signing off. Take care and happy cloud journey. I'll see you guys next week.